0: Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello
1: and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Today we're going to hit part three of a five-part series, and part three is called Need. And uh, I know that the if you haven't heard the first two parts, I'm going to ask Jeremy to, to review all five pieces of this that we're going to be covering in a five part series of podcasts. And uh, we took a break last time and it was very, very important to do so because Jeremy talked about social security and it was fantastic. Uh, But now we're getting back on track with these five pieces. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you? Doing well, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, I know this is a five part series. I know that this
2: is part three, but I don't remember all five. Can you remind us what all five parts are? Sure. You should go to our website, kylefp.com, and find all five of those. So that'd be a good place to start for everybody. But uh, what we like to do is help you get ready for retirement. And we think this is so important that we've developed a process over the years on how you can make decisions in a certain sequence of orders so that it helps you make the best uh, decisions for your retirement. Mm -hmm. So the first part is spending. Instead of focusing on your investments and things like that, you ought to focus on how much you're going to spend in retirement. Okay. The next step is looking at how much are you going to make in retirement? Just because you stopped working doesn't mean you stop making money right. in retirement. Yeah, you got things like pensions, annuities, social security. There's different things that might come into play there. This one right here is the third one. This is talking about what do you need, which is what do you need to make up that gap between what you're spending and what you're making, right? Chances Dang. are whatever you're making is not going to be enough. So you need to make up that gap somehow and the Future ones we'll talk about is how much do you want in your future, uh, talk, talking about your future money, and then what do you leave behind? That's the fifth step there.
1: Gotcha. All right. So
2: we're on step number three, figuring out what do you need to make up that gap between what you are spending and what you're making in retirement.
1: Mm. So is there normally a gap?
2: But We see that most of the time. That's the whole reason that uh, people are saving in their 401k, saving outside of those areas. Mm-hmm. It's not like the good old days. Where you worked a nice job and then you retired early, you got a nice pension, and all you needed was your pension and maybe the interest off your bank account money. Yeah. That just doesn't seem to work out anymore.
1: No, the, the forty years in a gold watch just doesn't just doesn't happen anymore. I mean,
2: not yeah, normally. Yeah, right. Exactly. It and uh, even then, you might be married and you might have two different times that you're retiring. You might have gone through in the last step and decided that even though you'll get enough. From your Social Security or your pension, you made a decision to wait a few years so that you could get more later on. Mm -hmm. And we don't think that you should wait for your Social Security and pension and then live in the poorhouse for those two, three, four years that you're waiting. We think you need some money, so this is that difference. Perhaps this gap is only a a short-term, a temporary thing before later on your pension and Social Security shows up.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point because you've, you've spoken, especially on the last podcast, that you can delay taking social security for a couple of years and you actually make more for each month even that you Mm -hmm. delay taking your social security. So the longer you wait, the more money you make, which is, I didn't mean to rhyme that, but it kind of was natural. (laughs) Yeah. It worked out. It worked out. And that could be
2: the right thing for you. Yeah. And a lot of people say, Oh, I need to take my social security. I need to take my pension. No, you need the income Mm -hmm. and it may be better for you to wait and when you need the income, it's got to come from somewhere. And this is what we're talking about. What do you need to make up that difference uh, for however long that might be?
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm excited to get into this. Let's figure out how to fill the gap.
2: Yeah, you got it. And you said the word monthly a little bit ago. A lot of times uh, we're used to getting money on a paycheck every two weeks, maybe mm-hmm. twice a month. It Seems like when it, you flip over to retirement, it turns into a monthly situation. Your pension shows up once a month, your Social Security Shows up once a month. So oftentimes when you're taking money out of your investments, you end up taking that out on a monthly basis. It's mm-hmm. kind of like your new paycheck schedule is, a, is a once a month Then from these different areas. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. That can take some discipline too to to change. Well, yeah, it takes a little bit of discipline, but uh, at the same time, we're trying to get, get it as close as possible to where it was before. So instead of taking money out for the entire year, letting it sit in your savings, and then Mm -hmm. taking it out of your savings every single month. It is nice to get into that regular habit. So your regular habit before was every two weeks. Now, it's still a regular habit, but maybe it's uh, once a month.
1: Or maybe you could stagger it. So if you're getting a Social Security check, you know when that's coming, and then you, you take your retirement check two weeks after that, and then you're on a schedule for every two weeks, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right on. A lot of times the pensions might pay out on the first of the month, so people will ask us to pay out their account money, their investment money on the 15th or 20th, a lot of times social security, well, that, that'll that come either the second, third or fourth Wednesday of every month. So that's kind of towards the middle or later half. Mm-hmm. So if that's your regular cadence, then maybe you take uh, your investments on the first of the month. Maybe that's yeah. what works out better for you. Yeah, yeah, nice. Exactly. Well, a lot of times we, we talked about investments earlier. A lot of times people are relying on their investments for their retirement income seems like a lot of people that call themselves investment advisors are are talking about that, where, okay, you're invested for the long term, go with the stock market that that usually works out for the best. And that usually word doesn't really sit well with me. It doesn't Mm -hmm. usually sit well with a lot of retirees. And it's great. The stock market is great for the long-term type of money, but we're talking about short-term. If you need money next month, next year, next couple years, how much do you really want to be relying on uh, that type of money that might not be might not be up that month?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. We we're just looking at some statistics, and that the stock market's up about fifty three percent of the days, right? So it's kind of like a coin flip. The market's up fifty three percent of the days. On a monthly basis, it's up sixty three percent of the months. So if you need money out every single month, and the market's down thirty seven percent of the time, that's what the History showed over the last 90 years, I don't know if you really want to rely on that, on Mm -hmm. something that's going to be up, that's going to be uh, better than it was last month, only two-thirds of the time. So we like to keep the stock market still in the long run. And the only way to keep the stock market in the long run is to set aside some money for the short run. And that's what we're talking about today is how much should you have set aside for the short, short run to make up that gap, to make up that difference between what you're spending and what you'll be making in retirement.
1: All right, it's obviously individualized, right? So you you work with each client individually uh, because everybody else has everybody has different needs. Mm -hmm. So
2: how do you approach this conversation with them and and start to work through this? Well, that's why we uh, get to this third. The first part is figuring how much money do you need to spend. Uh, You might spend more for health insurance the first few years. You might be making less the first few years because you've waited on your pension or Social Security. You might be making more the first few years because maybe one of you retired, but the other one's still bringing in a salary. Mm, okay. So we like to project out through your lifetime, what does your spending level look like? And then project out through your lifetime, what is your income level look like? So we can see on a year to year basis, what is that gap? What's that gap? The software we like to use shows it in the red. So kind of what's that red amount that we have to take out from the investments?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Yeah. And the other part too is some people say, well, how? what's the percentage I should have out of the stock market? Uh, how much money should I have in the bank? We don't like to think of it in terms of percentages or dollar amounts. We think you're better off referring to it or making decisions on this based on years of, do you want to have the next one to two years of your income set aside out of the market? Do you want to have the next three to five years of your income set aside out of the market? Decide how comfortable you are with allowing your long-term money to stay long-term with the chances that maybe you do have to take some money out of the market when it's lower and think of it more of a year's set, uh, situation of, you know what, if I don't have to touch this money in the market for five years, I feel comfortable with that. Or I, I like the stock market, I, I wanna make a little bit more if I can, so I don't wanna have more over there, but I do wanna have maybe one or two years set aside in, this, in the short run. So think through how much risk you wanna take in a way uh, if you want to have a, a really big short-term or if you want to have a smaller short-term. And a lot of times you'll be looking at that chart of, here's what I make, here's what I need, and you might see a a really big point. Like, oh, I'm waiting for three years on Social Security. Well, maybe that's your answer. Maybe that's the answer is you wait three years on Social Security. So you set aside those first three years and shorter-term interest rate type of investments that you can rely upon because you know in three years you'll have Social Security to rely mm-hmm. upon for that okay. money. Got it. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So definitely uh, individualize, uh, but it's it's a similar process because that's how you go through and find the, uh, the best answers for folks is just seeing those differences and deciding how conservative you want to be, which means you've got a long, short run, or how mm-hmm. aggressive you want to be, which means you have a short, short run. Got it. All right. Yeah. A lot of people are asking us, when do I start doing this? When does my money go from being long run, kind of pre-retirement, retirement type of money and uh, our answer is that it's usually about five to ten years ahead of time we saw this one company they put out uh, some ads talking about the retirement red zone forget the company but that's a great um, great phrase and what they're talking about is that the first five years before your retirement and your first five years into retirement are a really big deal if the stock market happens to be horrible for those ten years or happens to be great for those ten years that'll make a huge difference uh, for you. You can't really control what the market's doing. Mm -hmm. You can control a little bit about your retirement date, but uh, you can't control what the market's doing the first five years before you retire and the first five years after you retire. So that's uh, our encouragement, is as you're approaching retirement, perhaps you need to start thinking about how do we bring down our risk? And the way that we suggest doing it is to ignore what a lot of the financial magazines will say. They'll come up with stuff with, like, um, take a hundred minus your age and that's how much you should have in the stock market, right? If you're, if you're 60 years old and a hundred minus 60 is 40, you should have 40% in the stock market. Uh, our, our encouragement is think of this more like years. Don't go with this uh, formula that's supposed to fit everybody Mm because if it's fitting everybody, it's fitting nobody. Exactly. And the way to fit you is to, to look through and say, well, uh, going into retirement, is the market up? Is it down? You know, if it's if it's up and you're seven to 10 years away uh, from retirement, maybe you start pulling some money uh, out of the market, start setting aside uh, years of savings. So we don't think it's the best choice to say, well, I've got a certain level of risk. Let me just bring the whole thing down. We think it's a better choice to say, oh, well, those first two years of retirement, I need maybe, let's just call it 40 grand a year. Those first two years is 40 grand a year. So perhaps when the market's up and you find some, times when the uh, there's some profit there. Perhaps you start shaving off some of that profit and setting it aside in some interest rate type of accounts. So you get to the point and say, well, I've got my first two years covered. And then you feel more comfortable retiring knowing that if the market's down, I've got the first two years retired uh, of my retirement money uh, coming on out. It's ready to go. It doesn't have anything to do with the stock market at that point in time.
1: And so, I mean, that what that also does is allows the market to rebound a little bit, maybe. Right, so if it does go down in the first year that you're retired or right before you retire, you have that money set aside. You're able mm-hmm. to live off of that. And over those next two years, hopefully that market starts to rebound and, and come back up. So you're not taking out, uh, well, I guess what they say, you know, selling low and buying high, which a lot of people do mm-hmm. when they try to time the market. This this allows you some flexibility. And even if you're saying, I, I need 40000 a year, so you've got 80000 set aside for those two years, if you see that the, the market is going down and that economy is getting a little bit worse, you can tighten the belt a little bit if you need to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to, but being able to say, you know what, now I want this to last two and a half years instead of just two years. Maybe I'm not going to go out to eat as much, or maybe I'm not going to do this trip that I thought I would do at this point. I'm, I'm going to wait for a little bit to see
2: how things play out. But it gives you a ton of flexibility and I think a lot of peace. Yeah, gives you flexibility, gives you time. Yeah, you know, When you're 30, 40, 50, they say, oh, you're investing for the long run. Well, we think you still have a long run when yeah. you hit retirement. You yep. know, we mentioned earlier uh, in a previous episode that if you retire at 62 and there's two of you, on average, your money ought to last for 30 years. Wow. Pretty sure 30 years is long run type of money. Yeah. The issue is yeah. that you went from having a long run to having a long run and a short run. And it is incredibly important to decide for you how long is your short run and if that's the right number for you, if it's two years, four years, five years, seven years, whatever it happens to be, make sure you carve out that money out of the stock market. So whatever it is for your short run that you're, you're planning on, you don't have to rely on the stock market. You can let your long run money actually be long run if mm-hmm. you're using it five years, 10 years from now. It's not long run if you're using it five weeks or 10 months from now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another part of this that's important, too, is you, you kind of think of the standard retirement recommendations. I don't know if you've heard of this 4% rule idea. Well, oh, what's that? Yeah, so it came up with like 30 years ago, but the idea is maybe uh, all you need to do is just take out 4% of your money each year, and you'll be able to um, keep up with the ups and downs of the stock market. Gotcha. That sounds nice, <laughs> but I haven't met anyone that's spent 30 years in retirement and spent the exact same dollar amount. Uh, at the beginning, as at the end, uh, where there's no fluctuations, where their taxes didn't go up and down, yeah. or their healthcare costs didn't go up and down. So the it, it looks nice on paper, where you've got this smooth, you retire, and you get your pension, just goes from the day you start to the day you're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get your Social Security, goes from the day you start to the day you're gone. You take out your 4% from the day you start to the day you're gone. And it doesn't quite match up with reality, especially for a lot of people that retire before 65 If you Mm -hmm. retire before 65, you can't get Medicare yet, which means you've got to figure out your health insurance. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times those health insurance costs are higher than when you were having it subsidized by your corporation, right? When you are working, a lot of times your company's helping you pay for the cost. Yeah, exactly. Real quick on that. A lot of times people get into this COBRA situation. They say, COBRA is so expensive. No, it's not. It's exactly what it cost when you were working. It just seems that way because you are paying 10, 20, 30% of the cost and somebody else is paying the difference. Yeah. When you get on Cobra, you're paying the, f- the full bill. It's not that it got expensive all of a sudden. it's just that nobody's subsidizing you. Yeah, nobody's, nobody's so paying for you. Yeah, that's exactly it. And there's a, a lot of times there's this difference between when the company's helping you out when you're working and then you retire and maybe you don't have any health insurance outside of what you gotta buy on your own until mm-hmm. you're 65 when all of a sudden the government starts helping you out. So if you got nobody helping you out and you want to retire early, probably gonna cost you more for health insurance those first few years, whatever that dollar amount is. And similar to our our idea earlier of just because you're waiting on social security doesn't mean you live in the poorhouse until you do that. Just because you've got some extra costs for those first uh, few years doesn't mean you have to live on less. Right? Mm -hmm. if you've decided that I need uh, 80 grand a year, say for retirement. But my insurance is going to cost me 10 grand more a year well maybe just plug it in and realize that those first three four years it'll cost you that dollar amount cost you a high amount knowing that later on it won't be costing you that higher dollar amount Uh, so if you got this expense whatever it might be maybe it's a extra health insurance cost maybe the expense is that you're paying off your mortgage and you might still have a mortgage hopefully that doesn't last for your whole retirement but we do see a lot of times the first few years People are paying their mortgage, maybe even extra into the mortgage. Mm -hmm. If that's money you need for the first few years, you got to take that out and make sure it's set aside in a place that you can uh, rely upon.
1: Yeah. Jeremy, you've, I mean, there's a lot of ideas in this, this one topic and you've given a lot of tips, but I'm hoping that you'll bring it all back around and kind of put it all together with how do you do this? How, how, how does somebody do this and how do you specifically help your clients do this? Um putting all the tips that you've already kind of talked about in order and, and kind of
2: helping them out. Yeah, you got it. It's uh it's going through and figuring out how much are you going to be spending in retirement. And like we just mentioned, it's it it's gonna go up and down. You mm-hmm. might have more spending in the beginning points, you might have less spending later on, and it's figuring out how much will you be making in retirement. You might have more or less at different times, but you'll see a difference. You'll see that gap between what you're spending, what you're making. That's the amount you need to be taking out from your investments. And in our opinion, if you're looking at your short-run money, you got to take that money out of the stock market, put it into some place, whatever it might be for you, that you can rely upon, It's usually more short-term interest rate money. So step one is figure out what's that gap. Uh, Step two is figure out how many years of the set-aside money uh, do you feel comfortable with. Would you rather have one to two years of money set aside? Would you rather have five to seven years of money set aside real quick on there is that a lot of times it's the beginning part of retirement. That's a bigger deal. So you may want to have a little bit more set aside at the beginning part of retirement than you do later on Mm -hmm. because later on, guess what? You made it. The stock market is a big deal. If it drops at the beginning of your retirement, it's less of a big deal if it drops at the end of your retirement. So perhaps at the beginning of retirement, when it's the riskiest financial time of your life, Maybe you counteract that by being a little bit more conservative than you normally would be, and once you made it a few years, perhaps you can uh, dial down that short run and rely a little bit more on your your long run area.
1: Jeremy, one of the things that I keep thinking about also is, like we said before, you set aside some extra money on the, uh, the the front end in case the market does something a little little funky. But the other piece is that I think that most people, and this is human nature, and I think it's it, I think that everybody wants to, in a way when you first retire, I think that's the time that you're like, you know what? Now I want to travel someplace. Now I want to go do something. Now I want to take that special trip that I've been waiting on. And let's be honest, the things that are going to increase later in your retirement years are probably going to be some healthcare issues because as Mm -hmm. we age, I'm not that old and I'm already on a pretty good Tylenol ibuprofen regimen because of certain Mm -hmm. things that I've been Mm -hmm. doing through the years. But it, it may be that time to say, you know what, I do want to celebrate my retirement and, you know, the wife and I or the husband and I, we're going to go and, and do this trip and we're going to have some fun. And those are, you know, those are the years that you're going to be more active in retirement. You may slow down a little bit later, uh, but having that extra and then being able to, like you said, be in touch with your financial advisor. You know, I don't, I don't think everybody should be watching the market because that causes stress, but be in touch with your financial advisor, say, Hey, this is what we want to do. How does it look? Are we good to go? And and Jeremy, I know you have that conversation with your clients uh, because they mm-hmm. they rely on you to be able to say, "Hey, you've set this up really well. You know what? Enjoy yourself. Italy's beautiful. Have fun."
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. And if you are planning for that, and you know that's an upcoming expense, you gotta have that money set aside exactly. so you don't tell your wife or your spouse, "Yeah, sorry, honey, we can't do that trip because the uh, the stock market dropped twenty uh, yeah. percent." If it's coming up and it's in your short run timeframe, and the market's higher. Maybe it's a good time to take some profit, throw it into the area that you've got set aside mm-hmm. uh, for the short run so that you can uh, enjoy it more, not worry about what the market's doing on a day-to-day basis. Because you've got your day-to-day covered uh, by the money that you're making or the money that you set aside for your next month, next year, whatever it happens to be for these amounts that you'll be taking out. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, it's been fun. It's, uh, we're, we're we're over the hump. We're halfway
1: there. Yeah, we, we are. So this was number three. Remind us again what number four and five are.
2: Yeah, number four is talking about what do you want, right? If you need some money next month, you probably want to have some money in the future, and that is your long-term type of money. So it's how do you decide uh, what you do with that long-term money? How do you set that on up? And then the last part is what do you leave behind? We like to say you either leave behind some money or you leave behind some bills, and it's important to figure out and be prepared for either one of those situations. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: I, I just think that uh, everybody's in a different stage of life. One of the things that kind of popped in my head uh, while we were talking is, is some people may have bought a house a little bit later in life. And so they still will have a mortgage for the first year or mm-hmm. two that they're in retirement. And that's something else that they can look forward to is that once they stop paying that mortgage, that's almost like an extra paycheck coming in. You know, if they're paying yeah. 1500 a month, you know, two years into retirement when that mortgage is paid off, woohoo! there's an extra $1,500 a month that's now can be allocated for something else. So yeah, that, that's exciting. For it. Just yeah. be ready for it. You know what's coming up? Yep, absolutely. And, and part of planning for it is speaking with a professional. And uh, so as you're listening to these podcasts, Jeremy is very knowledgeable. His team is amazing. Don't just take what we say and run with it and say, "Hey, this is what they they advise" because that's not what we did. <laughs> we're we're mm-hmm. telling you this information because this is information everybody needs to hear, but you need to talk to a professional and Jeremy is the constant professional. So, Jeremy, if they want to get a hold of you, how do they get a how do they reach you?
2: Yeah. Check us out online at FP for the kylefinancialpartners.com. So kylefp.com or give us a call. It's 262-333-8353. Looking forward to hearing from you.
1: Fantastic, brother. I love spending time with you on these podcasts. I learned so much. I, I appreciate your time. Thank you again. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Retirement Revealed Podcast with Jeremy Kyle. Please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrive Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational, educational purposes only